Hey lady, before we jump into the episode, we just want to let you know that we ran into some technical issues, so the audio isn't the best, but we hope it doesn't take away from the message. Please be patient with us and thank you as always for listening and supporting. All right, let's get into the episode. On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space. Freedom requires you to get uncomfortable. It requires you to study something new. It requires you to meet some new people. It requires you to expand your thought process beyond what mom and dad and grandpa may have or may not have taught you, right? And it really just, it, it shakes your whole world, right? Because we've all been taught to be a part of this system, right? And so if you're going to break outside of that, you better get comfortable being uncomfortable because freedom is right on the other side of that discomfort. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey, lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California? and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. Okay, so before we jump into this conversation, I just want to say this is the type of episode where you're going to want to take notes, okay? I'm personally going to be taking my own notes, and I'm also going to be re-listening to this episode so I can catch all the gems. We have two amazing guests today, so I'm just going to jump right on in. Ed and Tatiana Davis, the founders of Mogul Wealth Coaching, became 100% debt-free at just 23 years old. I'm going to say that one more time for the people in the back, okay? They became 100% debt-free at just 23 years old, paying off all credit cards, student loans, personal loans, and everything in between. Now, this may not seem monumental, but for two young people who grew up in the inner city, this is huge. So at 29, when Ed turned down a promotion and quit his seven-year career in project management and left those six figures at one of the top engineering firms in the world to pursue his dream of living life on his terms and teaching others to do the same. His friends and family, they were perplexed. They were like, what are you doing, Ed? But not for long, okay? Ed used everything he learned from childhood, his professional life and passion for real estate and stock investing to create a successful portfolio for himself and, catch this y'all, retire his wife, Tatiana, okay? 
Then he shared all he learned with his friends, family, and now you. So get your notepad out, get ready, because their mission is to teach others how to achieve financial, location, and time freedom, create generational wealth, and live life on their terms. What a bio, y'all. Ed and Tatiana, welcome to Cultivating Her Space. Thank you. Thank you. We're happy to be here. Thank you for having us. We're so excited. We are ready to learn all the gems. And so we are going to start with our quote of the day. Our quote will sound familiar to you, Ed, because these are your words. We've been in your social media, (laughs) on your website, and so... We've been trying to gain as much knowledge as possible. And in that process, we came across this amazing quote. If you want to buy things without having to look at the price, start earning money without having to look at the clock. And I'm going to say that one more time for the people in the back, because I think you might need this on repeat. If you want to buy things without having to look at the price, start earning money without having to look at the clock. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Tell us. Tell us about that quote and, and how we can start earning money without having to look at the clock. Man, you know that that quote is is rooted in my in my childhood. I uh, I grew up working in my grandpa's hardware store. My whole life, all the way through college, I never made more than ten dollars an hour. So I would always compare things back to how long did I have to work in order to earn this, right? So when I was a kid, I want to buy like a waffle for ninety nine cents. I'd be thinking to myself, oh, wait a second, that's like twenty minutes worth of work. I'd be calculating these things, right? Um, and so when I when I got older, um, I would do the same thing. All right, how long is it going to take me to save an emergency fund? How's, how long is it going to take me uh, to buy a wedding ring, things like that? Um, and then I came across uh, real estate investing and passive income. And that was the first time I was ever introduced to the idea of earning money without having to work or actively trade hours for dollars. And from there, I was hooked. <laughs> you know, um, I was used to a lot of manual labor as a kid. And um, when, I, when I came across an opportunity to allow my investments or my money to work for me, I was always bought in. So that's kind of where that quote comes from, because not everybody knows that that is an option. That is an amazing quote. And I'm going to assume that, Tatiana, you would agree with that quote and have some something to share and chime in with. So I'd love to pass the mic to you, lady. What What comes up for you when you hear that quote from your husband? Um, personally, I feel like it's a reminder of how much I've overcome because unlike him, he grew up in a family full of entrepreneurs. I grew up in a family full of nine to five workers. I'm from Detroit. Um, most people in my family worked at the factory. They were either factory workers or if they had gone to college, they still worked for one of the big three auto companies. Um, and so we were just used to working. So for me, if I wanted something, then I felt like I had to work for it and I had to go to work in the most traditional means like go to college things like that so when I hear that quote it just reminds me of how much I've overcome in terms of thinking that you know my labor had to support my lifestyle as opposed to 
learning how to invest so that my investments can support my lifestyle. And it's because of him that I have gotten on that way. <laughs> so. Teamwork makes the dream work. I love it. Yes. I love yes. it. Yes. Yes. And so both of you have kind of shared a little bit of your origin story, but let's dig a little bit deeper. So tell us about how you all came together and how you all began your journey to helping nine to fivers create financial location and time freedom. Okay, okay. You want me, to tell the story? Tell the truth. We want to see couples do. Tell the right way, couples do. Okay. Who's going to tell the honest truth? I'm going to tell the truth and then Tatiana. Tell the truth. Okay. okay, go ahead, Tatiana. We're going to. Sorry, Ed, but Tatiana, oh, we here. Know, once upon a time, there was this guy that was jacking me so hard because I was just so amazing. You know, and no, I'm this kidding. Is all true. This is all true. <laughs> I'm kidding. We we started out honestly. We went to college. I'm I'm from Detroit. He's from Houston. We went to an HBCU, Prairie View A and M University, for any of our PV alum that are listeners, right? Um, and we met at school. He and I did not really like each other. I <laughs> thought that he had a big mouth and he was just obnoxious. He was one of those jokers, and he always was capping or having something to say. And uh, and he didn't like me either because he said I felt like I was a goody goody. I was trying to have a good time. She was trying to pray for us all. <laughs> He's like, she's such a goody goody. Like, why is she here? You shouldn't and have like, that drink. You have to <laughs> study. We have to do this. We have class tomorrow. Like that was me for the most part. I had fun too, but I was kind of making sure we were all on the right path. And um, eventually we became friends. And then he did really, so when I say he was jocking me, he really did have a crush on me. And I was just like, you know, I kind of like him too. And then it evolved into us being more than friends. And uh, yeah, that was that was pretty much our, our get together story. And then he broke up with me because he said that mm. when he graduated college before mm. me and he felt like, he didn't. He wasn't gonna be with me. I'll tell him all the jewels. I mean, they wanted the tea, so I'm giving him the tea. You know, every good relationship okay. isn't 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 always okay. perfect the whole way through. You know, there we go. And so uh, he he realized what a catch I was. He told me one day he was like, you know what? I realized how amazing you were after we broke up and you did your own thing and you weren't sweating me and you weren't out here, you know, trying to chase other guys and do all of this stuff. I just realized like, okay. See, you didn't remember that I remembered all of this, huh? You weren't supposed to remember all of this. <laughs> That's what we call game, girl. <laughs> yeah, he, it might have been game, but no, he, uh, he, uh, we got back together and then, you know, the, the rest was his, the rest is his. So now that we got the truth out of the way and mm. Tatiana, um, Ed, do you want to tell us about how you all began this journey? How did you seriously, how did you begin the business side of your relationship? Because it sounds like you all had this lovely love story met in school, you know, broke up a little bit, got yeah. back together because you realized this is the one, this is the person. But how did you all start the business aspect together? I think for, for me, from the jump, it was always important to have a partner that I could share everything with. Um, I had seen my parents grow up doing the same thing. Like, they worked together. They owned a business together. Um, so it was just a way of life for me. I had never really imagined it any other way. So 
as I was going through the process of learning about real estate, learning about stocks, you know, talk, every time I went and talked to an investment advisor or I hired a coach or somebody to help me, I brought Tatiana along with me because I knew like that was how I wanted my life to be. And I always, I always felt like if anything ever happened to me, then somebody would have to step up, take care of our children or, you know, maybe even know how to keep things flowing until I get out of the hospital or something like that. So for me, it was always an important thing from the start. And we started just by having open conversations about, you know, what our goals are and what I, what I saw for our family in the future. And, um, and just, you know, being vulnerable and having those conversations. And she was like, I'm, I'm with it. And I was like, okay, you're the one. <laughs> He also told me, too, I ain't going to marry no broke women. So if you don't get on this budget, then, uh. Yeah, if she went, if she went <laughs> down, I was going to have to move around. Because I was. That's a word. <laughs> that's, that's real. Yeah. yeah. It was motivating. That's, that's what great. she was thinking about during the breakup period. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Do I really want to try to stick to this budget? I love that. And when you all think about, I know for my family, you know, my grandparents owned their home, but I didn't really see people owning rental properties and multifamily units growing up. And so a lot of times it seemed as though it was out of reach for me because I didn't see that representation. So can you all talk about why it's important for black and brown people to own real estate? Like for people that may be listening, like, oh, I can't do that. That's not for me. Like, why is that important for us? I, I think the number one answer is rooted in the way that you asked the question, which is that... <clears throat> Our, for me, it was my grandparents, for him, his grandparents and parents. Um, we see a lot of this represented in other communities like the Jewish community, Asian, Indian communities, where real estate is one of the most transformative elements. And it's not even just owning multiple properties, but when you can select one property that you can pull equity out of. Even if you're living. Even if, yeah, the one that you're living in, right? that you can pull some equity out of to fund your kids' college or pay for your children's wedding or to buy them a car or to take a family vacation. That's what many of these cultures are doing. And so we encourage people to just consider buying that one property because it can transform everything for you and your family. And then when you start to expand and purchase multiple properties, that's when you get into you know replacing incomes or using that income from the rental properties to buy other assets and things like that. Um, yeah. Well, I was just going to add to that, that outside of the financial gain of owning properties, there's also the control piece, right? And so if we ever want to, as a community, be able to move into uh, a position of demand and respect and control, we have to start owning stuff, right? Um, so, we don't, so we don't have to be in a position of begging or asking permission or asking to be treated fairly, but rather stepping up to the table and saying, this is what it's going to be, right? And that and that all comes through ownership. So I would I would encourage everybody to own multiple properties. <laughs> yes. So I have a question about that, about encouraging people to own multiple properties, right? Mm -hmm. You have coached six hundred plus students in this area. Mm -hmm. What tends to be the top three setbacks that keep people from getting started with real estate. Yeah. You want that or me? You got it. You got it. Okay. I think we both have some, some areas, some different ideas about that. I know 
one of the biggest things from my perspective is the fear. And I think it's rooted in the fact that many of us have not seen this happen before in our communities or in our families. So we don't, we're afraid. We don't know. We haven't done it before. And real estate is typically the largest purchase that most of us are going to make. So it brings its a sort of weight to it. I think another thing is misinformation, right? So it, it's in the news and we hear about it on the radio or social media, you know, what's going on in the market, whether it's up or down or whether or not we're in a recession or whether or not it's a buyer or a seller's market. And that type of stuff can cloud your logic, especially when you don't know a lot about real estate investing. Um, and then I would say the third thing is probably uh, getting over the mental hump. We've seen our students be right at the at that point where they have the funding to buy properties because we like to teach people to use other people's money in order to do their deals. They find good deals. They brought the deals to us. We looked over them two or three times. We're like, this is a good deal. Everything is working out. And they just can't believe in themselves enough to pull the trigger. They're like, well, what if I mess something up? What if I do this? What if I do that? Like, you've, you've never messed it. You've been living for 30, 40, 20 years now. You've never messed anything up. Why now would you mess up? And so I think that those are sort of the, the three big things that stand out to me. I, I got two very different ones. <laughs> <laughs> I figured, I figured it would. <laughs> uh, I would say number one uh, is typically credit or bad, having bad credit. Um, and a lot of times people are maybe 30 to 180 days away from actually repairing their credit to the point that it's good enough, right? Most people think I need an 800 plus credit score and you don't. Mm -hmm. 680 gets a deal done. And I always say, work with what you got until you get what you want, right? So don't wait until you have that 680. I mean, don't wait until you have an 800. Get in, own a property, allow the value of that property to start going up over time, collect your rent, do all of those things uh, that come with ownership, and you can be improving your credit during that process, right? Um, so I say the credit is one thing. And then the second thing is that people tend to choose comfort over freedom. and that's the biggest issue, right? It's comfortable, like we don't like it, but it's comfortable to get up, sit in rush hour traffic, drive to a job you hate, talk to coworkers you don't like, go to lunch when you're told, work a little overtime, rush to try to get the kids from school, get back home, feed the kids, help with the homework, start the process over, right? We don't like it, we don't enjoy it, but it's comfortable, right? And freedom requires you to get uncomfortable. It requires you to study something new. It requires you to meet some new people. It requires you to expand your thought process beyond what mom and dad and grandpa may have or may not have taught you, right? Um, and it really just, it, it shakes your whole world up, right? Because we've all been taught to be a part of this system, right? And so if you're going to break outside of that, you better get comfortable being uncomfortable because uh, freedom is right on the other side of that discomfort. That is so powerful. And it's so wild when you say it that way, because in your mind, you would think that someone's going to lean into what's lean into freedom. But when you think about the comfort, it's like, well, I'm so used to this. Like, this is my routine. Right. And I know, I know, I know what to expect. So that is powerful. Now y'all, 
we are going to shift up the conversation a little bit, okay? I don't know if you've ever done anything like this, but we're going to shift it up and we're just going to see, going to see what happens, okay? okay? So because we recognize and appreciate and celebrate the multifaceted woman and man, and we believe that it's okay to be bougie and classy and ratchet, and we believe that it's okay to dance to strip club music, oh, no judgment, you can still be elegant, right? So we want to invite you to the OU Blatchet segment. So do y'all take on the challenge? Yes, challenge accepted. <laughs> oh, we right. got them down. We got them down. I think we can handle it. I think we can handle it. So now we'll tell you what to expect. So we're going to ask you three questions. We're going to share three sentence completions. And then we have some photos of y'all pulled up from social media and are <laughs> searching and we're going to have you choose a number out of one and three and we will share that particular photo with you and we want you both to provide some context about the photo that we would not know by just looking at the photo so we're going to jump All on right. in we may have a we may have a few more questions too since we have a couple so we'll see how we do this but just just go with the vibe so our first question for you is let's see i'm going to ask i'm going to start with tatiana What's the best piece of wisdom or advice you've ever received? Mm. I think what instantly comes to mind is you don't get what you want, you get what you attract. And by that, um, I when I heard it, I was just, I was taking it back because at the time I was like, how is it that I don't get what I want? Like, how, how is it that I decide what I want, but I don't get that? But it made me have to do some deep, inner work to realize that the things that I have I've attracted in some way and the things that I don't have I have repelled in some way and it just empowered me to make a transformation so that I can go after the things that I want and make sure that they align with the person that I'm actually being every day. So so you're just going to be preaching oh. on a Monday then. Oh, that's so deep. Oh, no. You just came to the preach on a Monday. I got you. Okay. You were supposed now, to get ratchet. No, I, I forgot about the ratchet part. I just said the first thing that came to my head. Oh. Listen. Oh, the ratchet questions are coming. The ratchet is coming. They coming. Okay. They I'm going to ease up in there. Okay. So, and you're going to have to take us to the ratchet. Like, you're going to have to take us to the ratchet oh, with this God. next question. And I have four words for you. Okay. Twerk or two-step? Which one you got? Oh, I'm from Texas. I got a two-step. <laughs> okay. All right. We respect the two-step. All yeah, right. We know about that Texas yeah. two-step. Okay. <laughs> now, Tatiana, uh -huh. the next question is for you. And this question okay. is... What's the sexiest item you own? And we might have both y'all answer this one, but Tatiana, I'm going to start with you. What's the sexiest item you own? So what I think is the sexiest item I own is this purple lace bra that I really like to wear. I think it looks very sexy. And I know it's a little, a little extra attention when I have that one. And uh, the second thing that I know he loves is this robe I have. And it's just it's just a little short, little silk robe. And I didn't think it was all that pretty. Like, hey, you can wear that robe more often. I'm like, there. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> she got that robe on. <laughs> <laughs> so those are my two sexies. All right, Ed. What about you, brother? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know that I have anything that's sexy. <laughs> We've had some interesting questions or responses from guys, right, Dom, with this question? Yes, we have. I think of 
I can tell you what I like. I, I don't know. I might have to. I might have to pass that. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tatiana. Go ahead. When Answer I, for your husband, wear, girl. When you wear these shorts, and I'm like, oh, I like when you got your legs okay. out. They they oh, also like Gucci Daddy shorts. shorts. I was just about to say that. But they like maybe like an inch a little longer than the Gucci Daddy. But I'm like, I like when you got your legs out. Okay, Hoochie Daddy shorts. We'll see you over there. Okay. Okay. Now he's never going to wear them. Now he's never going to wear them again. That's why you take them shorts on. Okay. Every time you tell me to pick them out something to wear, he's like, you get the same shorts. I'm like, because I love the way these shorts look. Okay, we see. All right. So now we're going to move to the sentence completion. Okay. And we're going to take it back to your college days when y'all were like pursuing each other, okay? okay? So, Ed, what the most embarrassing thing you ever did to get Tatiana's attention is? Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, man. So, in college, we, we, we all went to Atlanta for the Battle of the Bands. Right, and um, I threw a party in my hotel room, and it was a it was a road party. In order to get into the party, you had to wear a robe. Know that this was completely against all of the rules of the hotel as well as the school. Um, but I did it anyway. We threw this party. It got shut down 15 minutes in. I got kicked out of the hotel. Uh, I had to lie to the dean. I maneuvered my way back into the hotel and um, I had to I had to bum a night stay in Tatiana and her friend's room. And um, I went I went through all of that and then it was kind of like, all right, now it's time for me to go ahead and admit that I like her. I'm gonna have to go through this whole process because that was the only safe place I had that I could go. And then I started to really realize, like, you know what, this is always my safe space. It's about time for me to go ahead and admit that. Oh, I like how you turn that around. That's beautiful. Okay, we see y'all been married for a number, a lot of years. Okay, we see y'all. That is so sweet. I did have a follow up question, but I won't ask it seriously. But I was going to say, was it a silk road party? But we'll, we'll no, no, it was it was the road that get you in the hotel. Like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> in college, we never had a college. Nah, nah, so nah, it was, nice. I feel you. <laughs> like, uh, just the hotel room. I got you. I got you. So, Tatiana, one question or topic I wish people asked me about more often is, mm. you know, I feel like I'm gonna keep it real. I wish people asked me how I'm doing more often. And so, what I mean by that is, I think so many people are used to asking for favors or asking for something or hey can you do this or hey can I get your this or hey can I do this but they don't actually remember that I'm a human being you know and hey how, how are you doing today what you doing friend how do you feel that kind of thing so I think that that's the that's the question that I wish people would ask more is how are you doing um yeah that's, that's all I got <laughs> I feel that. Well, you know, that is a, that is an important question to ask people. And for those folks who are listening, today we are doing this recording on World Mental Health Day, right? And so, Tatiana, you didn't know we were going to do this, but 
our final sentence completion is today on World Mental Health Day, I am feeling I'm feeling like a bad bitch. And why, hey. <laughs> why I say that is because you know how you just you sometimes I feel like it's important to be in awe of yourself. Like I think that as women um, or as givers, because I'm sure there's some men out there too, but um, I think that we forget about all that we've accomplished, especially when we're in the pursuit of such great things. And so this weekend, I was reminding myself of just everything that I've come from, everything that I've achieved, everything that I've experienced. And I'm like, you know, you really got your shit together. Like, don't ever let nobody tell you that you don't. And so that's what that's what comes to mind is that I feel in this moment like a bad bitch and like I can do whatever it is that I want. You better. Come on. <laughs> come on, bad bitch energy. Come on. All right, now. You know what? I want to do one last sentence completion, and then we're going to move on to the photo. So, Ed, this is for you. And this sentence completion is, what I love most about myself is... I don't give a fuck. And sometimes you just need that. All right? That, that I believe, is what has always pushed me forward, regardless of what friends, family, other people had to say what doubts I may have about myself. Like sometimes the amount of found is going see what it do. Right. I I respect that. I respect that because not a lot of us have that that energy, and a lot more of us need that energy. Yep. All right, y'all. Now, before we dive back into the formal interview with all of the real estate questions and generational wealth <laughs> questions, we have some photos pulled up for y'all on screen. So okay. what I want you to do, maybe you all can whisper to one another, or maybe you just like, you got that relationship psychic ability. I want you all to choose a number out of one and three, and then I'm going to reveal the photos to you or the right. one photo to you. All right. Three. Do it. This photo is so cute. I cannot wait to show you. So I'm going to share it on the big screen, but there are going to be some people that are only tuning into the audio. So if you can describe the photo first and then give us some context about this photo that we would not know by looking at it. Y'all get ready. Are y'all ready for this cute photo? Yes. Y'all ready? Look at this photo. Look at this photo. <laughs> OMG, look at that cuteness. Look at that. Okay. Okay, tell the people what you're thinking Oh, man. So, was, for the people, they're first off looking at a bald head, okay? <laughs> he has absolutely no hair. Nowadays, for those of you that are listening, he has locks that are, like, past his neckline and shoulders. I'm chucking up the deuce with one eye. I'm winking, but I look like I'm frowning. She, she gangster with that, <laughs> with that matte purple lipstick on. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're at a cookie class at Solatab, I believe. And um, I feel like this represents everything. Like one, it looks like I probably have like some kind of cookie I'm, I'm thugging it. It's a pair of knife in that other hand. <laughs> and Ed has a knife in his hand, looking like he doesn't know what's happening, but that's how it works. I'm, I'm here for the taste test. <laughs> but um, this represented us having a good time. We went with our friends. We had good food, good drinks, a great time. And uh, it just represents us trying new things, which is what we love to do. That's my take. 
Yeah, yeah. I guess the uh, backstory for me would be um, this this particular uh, place where we went to get the cooking lessons. This from McDonald's, some kind of top rated chef, blah blah blah. They only have these restaurants, or they only have these uh, places in the top neighborhoods in the city, right? So for me, there was always a little bit of discomfort navigate my way from the hood over into the loving this community, just not feeling like I belong, not feeling like I had the proper attire or uh, vernacular or whatever I may need to be there. So um, when we started to get freedom, a part of that was the evolution of being able to go and feel comfortable in spaces like this. So um, it was a night where we took our friends and we all uh, we learned how to cook. <laughs> So special. Thank you so much for participating in this OU no Blatches. Tatiana had on her favorite jeans that night, too. And my favorite shirt, too. Go ahead, girl. Go ahead, girl. We appreciate y'all. This was so fun. Now we're going to jump back into these questions, y'all. Okay, because we got a bunch, of, a bunch of questions. One of the things, I know we read your bio in the beginning, but can you just kind of brag on yourselves a little bit? Because there's so much more that we didn't cover. So tell us about like how many doors you have. Brag on yourselves. What are some of the other achievements you've achieved? And then we'll jump into some more questions for you. Yeah, I think we started out, like you mentioned in the bio, uh, we were focused on debt freedom because we, first off, we were both from the inner city. Like I said, I'm from Detroit, he's from Houston, and we both wanted more. My, my I grew up in a single um, parent household and we were always trying to figure things out financially. So I wanted to go somewhere where I could advance. And for me, that was college and becoming an engineer. And then once I became an engineer, he is where we both were just kind of like, this thing isn't it. Like, there's got to be more. So he's like, we're going to jump down on the debt freedom train. So we're going to pay off all of our student loans, pay off our cars, all of this stuff. And we did that. And we just were like, well, I still got to go gotta to show up here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we debt free, but we ain't free free. We still come here every day. Still got to deal with these bosses. And still, um, in my situation, had to deal with layoffs because as the industry was going up and down, we worked in oil and gas. At any moment, I could get laid off. And so um, that's when things started to unravel for us. And we're like, hey, we got to pursue real freedom, which is the comfort and confidence in knowing that no matter what happens with this job, we're going to be okay. If my boss pisses me off, if I can't take my coworkers anymore, if they fire me or whatever, we still need to be able to take care of ourselves. And so that's when we decided, all right, we're going to start investing in real estate and sort of double down on that. And you want to pick up the story from here? Sure, I thought you were doing a great job. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, we started we started buying real estate um what twenty twelve? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we bought our first property in twenty twelve. Um we bought properties in Texas, Florida, and Michigan, and we're now sitting at two hundred and fifteen doors across all three states. Wow. Say that one more time so the people hear that number again. uh, So it's it's 215 doors. It's a little over $19 million worth of real estate. Um, But the beautiful part about all of that is that, you know, with all of those families that we impact, whether they're employees of ours or people who rent from us, um, all of that runs on autopilot, right? Me and Tatiana cannot be in three different places at one time. We enjoy that freedom, right? So we have made sure from day one that we could be 100% hands off 
And so amongst all of those properties, we spend about four hours a month dealing with the business side of it. And then we spend the rest of my time coaching and teaching other people, building apps and exploring other business opportunities. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. I really hope our listeners today really are taking notes because what you all have built is amazing. So now I have a question. So, and you all kind of touched on it earlier, but we're possibly headed into a recession. We're dealing with inflation and there's all this negative talk about money in the market, in the economy right now, right? And mixed within that is all of this talk about real estate, negative talk about real estate. So for someone who is looking to get started in investing in real estate, in this current turbulent market and economy, what would you say to encourage them to kind of let go of that fear and dive in? I mean, the very first, excuse me, the very first thing you have to do, stop listening to what's going on in the media. And the reason it's so important is because the media's job is to keep us entertained, no matter how serious of a publication. So even if it's CNBC, right, they're trying to keep our eyeballs tuned into what they're talking about. And the reality of what's happening in our neighborhoods and our communities and things like that is that people are buying and selling houses every single day, no matter what's going on with the economy. And so what we want you to do is focus on finding a good deal, not worrying about what all of the pundits are talking about, not worrying about whether or not we're in a recession or not. And then the flip side to that is this is something that Ed and I talk about a lot that we don't hear spoken of a lot is that the most millionaires are made during recessions. And so if you know that, then you can start to try to reverse engineer that and figure out, well, why is it that people are making money in a recession when they're telling the rest of us to save our money, to put your money in a bank, to don't make any financial moves, don't invest. There's got to be some kind of trickery going on here and we have to figure out what that is. And so if I am, you know, a multi-billionaire and I, it would be in my best interest to tell you, hey, look, y'all don't go buy so I can get all the discounts and savings for me and my family, right? And that's a lot of what's, what's going on. So we would encourage you to continue to double down on your education and information so that when the economy is doing like this, you can capitalize like the wealthy typically do. Oh, man, it's getting hot in here, y'all. Okay, <laughs> let's go ahead. I'm just so inspired by y'all. I think that is so amazing. You said 215 doors, $19 million worth of property. That is just so amazing, especially being a young, you know, black couple doing this. So I would love to know if there is someone that wants to leave their nine to five in like the next six months, what are maybe five tips that they can use today to get them closer to that goal? That's a good question. Number one, get pissed off. <clears throat> Right, because I don't believe any change happens until you had enough. Earlier, when you asked me to finish the sentence, and I was like, I don't give a fuck. Right, I had family members, I had cousins, I had friends, I had everybody saying, Well, what if you can't pay the mortgage? What if you get this wrong? What if you don't do this right? Right, you have to reach this point where it's like, Nah, it's better than this. Fuck it. Right, um, so I would say, Get pissed off about something. Um, and then number two, uh, get your credit together. In the beginning, I didn't understand 
by the power of credit, but um, leverage is one of the key benefits of owning real estate, right? When we put money into our stock portfolio, when we put a thousand dollars into it, it gets us a thousand dollars worth of stock. But if I put a thousand dollars into real estate, I can control ten, twenty, a hundred thousand dollars worth of real estate, right? So get your credit in line. And once your credit is in line, you'll be able to rock and roll. And then I would say get educated, right? We started off reading books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, The Cash Flow Quadrants, um, Up From Slavery. These are all great books that will motivate you along the way. Um, don't, don't go out there and bump your head and do it the wrong way. Learn from other people's mistakes. Um, and you'll, you'll go a lot further, a lot faster. Wow. Okay. Y'all are just, y'all are just dropping like all the gems. Okay. So asking for a friend, I'm going to be honest, I'm the friend. Okay. <laughs> for those of us who are single and it's only their sole income, what would you, what would be your suggestions for taking on real estate? I think that's a great question. And as soon as, like, as I was listening, I kept thinking of all of the single people that we've coached that have been successful. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, there's pros and cons to being single and married, right? A lot of times we hear about all of the pros of being married. But one of the benefits of being single as a real estate investor is that you don't have to try to get your spouse on board or try to convince another person to co-opt this strategy with you. You can focus on the strategy. That's one of the toughest ones. Because it, it, is, it is hard. And so when we coach married couples, um, we tend to, there's usually one that's going to be the most, the, the one that's a little more uh, risk uh, tolerant and then the other one's going to kind of be holding things back like wait a minute I don't know and I'm the one that was like I don't know if we should do this I don't know and so you do spend time trying to get that person up to speed so I just wanted to to point that out like being single it can be a benefit as long as you believe that it can be and the second thing is is that we teach people to um, go and use other people's money and that typically means getting a mortgage on a property and we only want one person to get on that mortgage because it allows you to leverage more even if you're in a in a partnership or a marriage or something like that so there really isn't much of a distinction you just have to make the decision right and if you need someone to help you with that you might need an accountability partner or someone to kind of motivate you and push you um, you may want to join some meetups or some real estate networking groups and things like that. But as far as what it takes, having the credit, having the cash to cover your down payment and closing costs, being able to find a property that can get you at least $10,000 of instant equity and positive cash flow each month. Those are the things that you would look for, whether you're single or married. So does that answer your question? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> okay. Uh I'll throw one thing out there too, because the thing that pops into my head whenever we think about um, individuals doing it versus couples doing it right, a large part of it is, okay, well, what about this down payment? Here? Where's that thing supposed to come from, right? It'd be easy if I had two incomes. Um, 
what I, what I would say is that there are tons of programs out there. Um, many of them are local to your state, um, but some are also also national, right? So you have programs like NACA, N-A-C-A, and they will help you with the down payment. They will help you with the closing. They will make sure that you get an interest rate that is below market rate. Um, and they will really cover a lot of your fees, if not all of your fees associated with purchasing your first home, as long as it's your primary residence and you're going to live in it, right? Um, and I think, I don't, I don't really know, I don't recall if it's one year or two years that they want you to live in the property, but nonetheless, that's, that's very minuscule compared to like, I'm getting tens of thousands of dollars worth of assistance here. And all you're telling me is I got to just live in the house. I'll do that. Right. And then once that time period is up, I'm going to do it again. Very, very powerful. I will say, Tatiana, you talked about being risk adverse, and that's definitely my husband in this game. So mm -hmm. I appreciate you sharing that. And I'm also going to schedule a consultation with you all because you sent me the link for that, Tatiana. So I will be mm -hmm. scheduling that. But I do want to ask you, I saw you all post something on social media about how someone that has bad credit, possibly a bankruptcy, maybe a bunch of debt how they can leverage business credit to buy rental property. So can you talk a bit about that? Because I know that some people don't even think this is a possibility based on their current financial predicament. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you got, you got tons of options, right? What most people don't realize is that your business credit uh, has nothing to do with your personal credit score, right? Um, you actually can go out and establish things like net 30 accounts, uh, net 60, net 90 accounts, which are just accounts that you go in and buy stuff and you got 30, 60, or 90 days to pay them back, right? Those help establish the business credit. Um, and as long as you're making payment, making the payments on time with your business credit, um, in many cases, it will never show up on your personal credit report, right? So that gives you access to tons of, of capital to go out and do deals with. It doesn't impact your debt to income ratio. If they don't, they don't, it doesn't show up on the report at all. It has no impact on you. So um, that is that is one of the cheat codes. And um, I would also say that there are also other lenders out there who don't care about your credit. They don't care about your income. They don't care about um, whether you have a job or not, they don't need W-2s, pay stubs, any of that stuff. Their concern is, are you able to find properties at a discount, right? And if you go out there and you find a good deal and it's got enough equity or enough uh, profit in it, we'll back it, right? And all we want you to do is just see the project through, buy it, whatever rehab or whatever needs to happen to it. They will fund. They will fund that deal for you without having to check your credit score or your work history or any of that stuff. So, I would say we're really only limited to the information and the knowledge and the resources that we have available to us. I want to add one thing, one caveat to that. It's important for people to know their options because no matter how good your credit is and no matter how much money you have, you will likely have to exercise one of these strategies beyond the traditional lenders that you hear about. In the, in the normal ways of life. So I just want you guys to know that. Be taking your notes. You're going to run out of money You're going to run point. out of something. <laughs> <laughs>
I, I appreciate all this knowledge that y'all are sharing. And so as I know that our listeners are also appreciating this as well. And so for those folks who are listening and they're like, hey, how can I get more game? What exactly, what are the things that you exactly coach people on? And what, like, so what would, if someone were to sign up for your coaching program, what would they be gaining? Great question. Um, So we have a variety of programs to help you depending on where you are. So we like to help people who are at the beginning, meaning you don't know that much about real estate, you know that it's for you, but you don't own the property. Um, we work with people who already own the home that they live in. And then people who are like, look, I own properties, but I need you to help me get things organized so that I can automate this process so that I'm not working in this business every day. Um, so no matter where you start, we will help you get to the point of learning how to put your rental properties on autopilot and create enough passive income to be able to live the financial location and time freedom that we talk about. Um, And so as far as our programs go, we'll help you get started at the very beginning, learning things like how to manage the budget for multiple properties, how to handle the finances and the income, the expenses, things like that, Um, all the way up to how to identify good deals, how to find the neighborhoods that have good deals, how to build a team so that you're not doing this work yourself. Um, and how to get your properties rented out with qualified tenants who are going to pay you every month and hopefully renew at the end of your lease term. So what we like to suggest is that you shoot us a text message and we can kind of walk, we'll try to you know understand where you are in the process and then we can direct you um, or you can follow us on Instagram. So Awesome. And Todd, you can definitely share. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, go for, I was going to say, I think we were supposed to tell them <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say we'll do that at the end for sure. Uh, but I, I, since we talked about text messaging, we might as well share it with them. What do they text? What's the number? Because people are gonna be signing up, y'all. Okay. Okay. So feel All free right, to cool. share. Yes. So text us the word her H E R in honor of you wonderful ladies. Okay. Hey. And, <laughs> and you can text it to seven one three five nine seven sixty three seven. Perfect. No, I Say that one more time for the people yes. in the back. Okay. For the people in the back. Okay. Um, text the word her to 713-597-6370. Yeah. And if y'all do that, I'll, I'll give you a, a free roadmap, which is the blueprint for how me and Tatiana were able to do it. We just copy. Okay. <laughs> That's right. Y'all get the roadmap right there. We'll make sure to add that in the show notes as well. I do want to say I have been manifesting the type of lifestyle that you all have for a long time. And I want to, I want to be like y'all when I grow up and I want to know what does the day to day look like for you and how does it feel to be free? Like when you think about what it feels like when you wake up and you get to choose your schedule, what does, what does it look like? And then how does it feel? So I can just like tap into that energy field. I love this. I love this because I used to pray that we could bump into somebody that was living the lifestyle that we wanted so that we could ask them questions like this. So I appreciate you for for helping me manifest a dream from way back when. Um, but to answer your question, what our day to day with my perspective. Yeah, my perspective the you know, the me that I really want to be wants to wake up at like 6 a.m., but the me that is the 13 alarm clocks you set off. I, mm-hmm. I hit the repeat, I mean, the snooze button like 50 million times on my cell phone. 
And on a good day that I will wake up and go to the gym, on a regular day, I will wake up and think about going to the gym, <laughs> go play with my dog and make us some smoothies and then get to work around 10-ish or so. Uh, we do, we have a, our coaching business. We have a team that we work with. So we hop on calls with them. And then I, honestly, I feel like I get to live my dream because I, for so long I've had these creative talents that were, I, I didn't get a chance to express as an engineer. And so every day is different from creating content to filming and shooting and editing content to, um, I, I mean, I write in my journal. I mean, every day is literally different. I come up with ideas one day. I'm like, hey, you want to go get lottery tickets and do scratch offs? And then he's like, no, but then he comes anyways. And we go in the middle of the day to do that. And it's freedom is twofold for me it is literally having the ability to do what you want but then also having enough discipline to work towards a goal so that you feel like you're succeeding in life because there was a period where i was in limbo and i'm like i'm not enjoying this and i want to go back to work because i didn't feel like i had any purpose but once i figured out what that purpose was i'm like literally the other day i stayed up till 6 a.m and did not sleep because i could not stop i was so excited about some things we're going to be bringing to y'all and i just could not stop working on it so Hopefully that gives you a, a picture. <laughs> so perfect. I see it. I love it. I feel it. Yes. Thank you for that. Now, Ed, I know you said stay up out my day. So what does your day look like? Because he got his own schedule. <laughs> so my day, my day is a little different. I, I typically try to uh, wake up in the morning, start off with some gratitude journaling. Just so I'm like on the right vibe for the day. Because you know, sometimes we wake up, we be in a mood. <laughs> So I go, I go, I try to start it off with some gratitude journaling and do a little meditating. Um, and then after that, uh, four days out of the week, I try to work out. And that doesn't necessarily mean go to the gym. It could be going for a walk. It could be playing with the dog, um, ride my bike. I try to find some type of a physical activity. And then after that, we'll, I take long showers, sometimes three showers a day. Long. <laughs> Right, so I, I, I normally will take a shower and kind of get my mind right, figure out what I'm gonna do for the day, um, and then I'll reach out to my team to see, you know, who needs who needs what. Who I'm typically solving somebody's problem, right? I don't do much, but I I help move, keep things moving in our organization. So I'll reach out probably from like ten to twelve just to see I'm here, I'm available. If y'all have something, if not. I'm about to move around and go have fun today. Um, and so um, then I'm checking with Tatiana, like, hey, what's up on the schedule? What we got? What you want to do? And I'm looking for something fun to get into. And night times, around seven ish, I'm coming back to teach something on IG or something like that, just to make sure that I'm living out that purpose and having something of meaning to have done that day. And then I try to end it with, with some family, you know? Um, we do a lot of late night dropping off candy or, uh, you know, surprising people. We got, uh, we bought her sister a pair of Yeezys this week. We're going to have to go drop off in the middle of the night. So we got to like play Santa Claus at nighttime. <laughs> that is so beautiful. That's beautiful. I love right? that. And so I'm wondering because you all have worked hard to get to this space, right? This wasn't, this wasn't right when you all quit your jobs. This, this wasn't what it looked like, your day-to-day -day looked like. So for folks who are just getting into this and 
are transitioning from leaving their nine to five, what would their day to day look like? Hmm, that's a good one. I think that your day to day is going to look like probably how ours looked in the beginning, right? Figuring out who you are and where you belong when you're no longer attached to your nine to five. And I know for me, it was like literally, I, I think I went through like a, maybe a depression or something because there, I'm going to be honest, like it's exciting. It's, you feel free and all of this stuff, but there are some losses, like you lose all of your work friends, people that you talk, you know, for those of you that work inside of an office, you see these people every day and you're like, oh man, I don't, who am I going to talk to from nine to five, right? A lot of our friends were at work and, and working and things like that. So we had to figure things out. Then it's like in the environments that we both worked in, I know this isn't true for everyone, but we couldn't drink alcohol throughout the day. Like you didn't go take a lunch, you know, sometimes in the movies and things, you see people taking a lunch and having wine. We, our environments weren't like that. So for a while we would go have wine or get some mimosas or something in the middle of the day to feel like, oh, I'm really doing something. And then it just kind of, you have this period of trying to figure out literally who am I and what am I going to do with my time? Because by the time you make the decision to leave your job, your rental properties are not going to require you to do something every day. So we advise people to figure out what that thing is before you leave so that you're rolling into something and you can skip that period of trying to figure everything out so that your days can look like waking up when you want to and then still doing something that's meaningful to you throughout your, your day. And I, I kind of took the question a little bit different. I think this is what makes me and Tatiana a great team. It's like we see stuff from a completely different perspective. The way I took the question was, if I'm looking to transition out of my job, and what, is, what does my day look like to help get me there, right? And so what it looked like for us was early mornings, right? When I wake up in the morning on my on my commute to work, I was listening to podcasts and audio books. My commute on the way to work was 100% in classroom at all times, right? Um, then when I got into work, I made sure that I didn't spend a bunch of time BSing with my coworkers, talking about the football game that came on last night or, you know, what's going on in the news and stuff like that. I did enough to make sure that I maintained a professional relationship, but... I didn't kill too much time like playing around with emails and all of that stuff. I'm here. I, I'm, I'm writing down the three things that I need to get done for myself today in order to make today productive. And I'm, and I'm looking for opportunities throughout my day to squeeze those in while I'm on the clock. Right? So when everybody else is taking a cigarette break or they're taking a lunch break or they're just BSing around, I got my three things that I need to hit today. So that could be me calling a realtor. It could be going and finding a neighborhood to to um, to canvas to see if we want to invest there or whatever, right? Um, and then at lunch, I was getting on the phone with Tatiana or meeting her in person to make sure that um, we were having a conversation about, okay, this is where I started the day. This is where I was able to make it up until lunch. And then this is where I'm going in the second half of the day, right? So that when we got home, I'm just looking at numbers. I want to see deals in front of me, and I would normally sit down and look over deals while I was watching sports. So that's kind of like what the grind looks like when you're trying to get to that point. Now, this was so valuable. 
filled with so many gems and I really appreciate the transparency and even how you touched on being in limbo because money and freedom can be a burden for people. And so I just appreciate you being so honest, being so open. Please let our listeners know where they can find you, how they can support. Let's remind them about the number again that they can text and also where to find you on social media, all that good stuff, because people are definitely going to come out to get more information and support you all and be coached by you all. So please let us know. All right. So that number is 713-597-6370. And you can text the word HER, H-E-R. And we will get you that uh, free ebook that he's talking about with the roadmap. Cool. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. In Instagram, you can find us at Ed Davis. That's E D B A V I S, the mogul M O G O A L. <laughs> and I am tot.will.lived. But this is where we, on Ed's page, is where we talk a lot about the real estate investing. So. Thank you all so much for being here. And we look forward to hearing the stories of our guests who are going to reach out to you all. Thank you. Thanks for having us both. This was awesome. Hey, lady. It's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at her Space Podcast, or check out our website at herspacepodcast.com. And before we meet again, repeat after me. I attract abundance and prosperity with ease.